Turn in your Bible tonight, if you would, with me, to 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. I'm going to just go ahead and read it, and then we're going to go to Romans 12.2, and then we're going to go to the Old Testament to Psalm 139, and uh, we're just going to uh, kind of just bring all those verses together and talk about uh, a subject tonight. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race. Everybody say, I am. I am. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say, I am. Chosen. That's right. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love this scripture because the first part talks about who you are, and then the second part talks about what you are to do. You are chosen, you're royal, you're holy. And in this translation, it says, a people for his own possession. In the King James it says you're a special people and in the New King, actually in the New King James it says special. In the King James it says you're a peculiar people. And we're going to talk about that word special and peculiar tonight and what does that mean and talking about who we are. But I love how it lays it out. This is who you are and then it says therefore this is what you ought to do. You ought to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 Although the Bible tells us who we are, uh, we have to understand that there's another force coming against us that tries to tell us what we aren't, all right? Or it tries to paint a different picture for us and try to push us into a mold, all right? So God wants you to be this thing over here, but there's another force, the enemy coming against us, that tries to make us look like this thing over here. Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Alright? So, do not be pushed into a mold. That's what that word conform means. Don't be pushed into a mold. Okay? Don't look like that. Look like what God wants you to look like. Don't be pushed into the mold of the world. Right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Psalm 139. <clears throat> Psalm 139. Going to start in verse 13. Psalm 139, verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were fashioned or formed for me, when as yet there were none. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is, is living and active. And I pray that tonight that, God, your word would be so alive, Lord, not just uh, as we speak it, but, God, as it hits our hearts, that your word would be so alive in our life that, God, these words that we hear tonight would challenge us, Lord, they would transform us, and, God, we would walk out of here a better person tonight because we've encountered you the king of kings and the lord of lords speak to us i pray in jesus mighty name amen amen i am we started last week talking about why are we talking about who we are okay the reason we're talking about who we are because i believe that as we go through life uh, there are many seasons that we will encounter where we question our identity and because we question our identity we then begin to question what we're doing with our life okay and so although the, it's okay to take inventory and to look in the mirror and say, man, who, who am I really? 
If, if that question never gets answered and never gets answered by the Word of God, then I believe what happens is, is we can get easily shoved into that mold and begin to look like something God never intended us to look like. Okay? So I, this is not just something we're going to talk about you know, one time, and then we're going to talk about this often here at Urban, because I believe this with all my heart. If you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll realize the power that you have in Him, and therefore you can fulfill the destiny and the call that He has in your life. Are you with me tonight? And so we're going to talk about this often, who we are, what, what do I look like, who am I? And last week we talked about, man, you're chosen and what that means and how you're picked out from amongst a larger group of people for a special purpose and privilege. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that gives me confidence. It gives me confidence that, man, God has a plan for my life. Not only gives me confidence, we understand that, that because God chose me, he must have a position for me to play in, all right? Not only does it do that, if I have confidence and I have a position, it gives me joy, and I want to experience joy on this earth. I don't know about you. How many of you guys want to experience joy on earth? Okay, seven of you? All right. The rest of you will pray for you that you'll somehow... I want to experience joy. The Bible says that my days on earth are numbered, and I want every single one of those numbered days to be joy-filled. And the only way that can happen, I believe, is as I know who I am in Him, therefore I can fulfill the very reason of why I am created. This search honestly starts early in life. Um, I have a, a four and a half year old and a seven year old and uh, you know Cara she just turned seven like two weeks ago and I'm telling you ever since she can talk uh, man she's always coming up with something new. She's always saying daddy I want to be this. How many of you guys ever spent time around kids? They have such awesome imaginations and daddy I want to be this you know and and right now we have a we have a little toy poodle and and she saw hotels for dogs and so she wants to be a poodle groomer and she wants to open up a hotel for dogs okay and I remember one time man we watched a little Mickey Mouse cartoon ice skating thing and man as soon as that thing was over daddy I want to be a, a, a ice skater I'm like all right baby you can be an ice skater you know and then we let her do uh, ballet classes one summer, and, and then she came home at the end of those seven days in her little tutu and whatnot. She looked really cute. And she'd be like, Daddy, I want to be a ballerina. And it's just so awesome because they're, they're finding their identity. They're discovering who they are. Well, I remember when we lived in Vegas uh, not too long ago, and uh, back in Vegas, uh, we had to take the trash can out outside here i love living here because i just open up the little thing and drop the garbage down and it just goes down a little garbage chute it's awesome i love it back there though we have the, the things called garbage cans you guys all know what those are okay if you live downtown maybe not okay maybe you have the, the, the trash chute but we have this big old garbage can and and in vegas in the summer it gets like a hundred billion degrees all right and so, man, I just dreaded taking the garbage out. The best thing to do was take it out the night before, but I'd always forget, and I'd, I'd wake up to the sound of the garbage truck. Anybody ever done that before? And it's like, oh, no, it's garbage day, you know, and you run out really quickly, hoping you didn't miss him. And, and so I'd go out there, and I would just drag this heavy garbage can out to the sidewalk in 115-degree weather, you know. It was horrible. Well, I remember one particular morning, my daughter was up, and she saw me running out there because we were about to miss the garbage truck. And she's like, Daddy, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking the garbage out. And she's like, can I go? I'm like, yeah, you can go. And I'm just like, why don't you just take care of the whole thing, you know? And so she grabs the garbage can with me, and we start taking it out, out to the road. And as the garage door goes up, all of a sudden she lets go, and her eyes get really big. I'm watching her. I'm like, what in the world? You know, so I end up taking it down there by myself and I look back and she's just staring and she's got this big smile on her face and I'm thinking she's fascinated with the garbage truck, you know, and, and so I come back up and as I was, when I was taking the garbage out, this lady jumped off and she was dumping trash in and so I came back up and I was like, 
baby, what's going on? And she was just like, Dad? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, when I get older, I want to be a garbage lady just like her. And I was like, that is awesome, baby. You'll be the best garbage lady ever. <laughs> I try not to discourage their dreams, you know, just, you know. What is that? That's somebody that's, that's looking for their identity, all right? And it starts at such a, an early age, and there's nothing wrong with imagination. There's nothing wrong with searching for your identity. But one thing I've discovered is if we don't find our identity in who we are in Jesus Christ, we begin to try to find our identity in other things. In other words, Romans 12 starts to kick in and tries to push us into this mold, okay? And we begin to try to find our identity in a job, in what we do, rather than who we are. We begin to find our identity in a relationship, and, and, and we're okay as long as we're with this person hanging out, or as long as I'm married to this person, or this person's my boyfriend, or whatever it is, and we find our identity in that rather than in who God created us to be. But something we got to know is that, man, who you are precedes what you do. The very makeup of who you are determines what you will do with your life. Okay? But too often times, we, we ask this question, okay? And, and maybe I'm, I'm the only one, but we say, God, what, what's your will for my life? God, what do you want me to do with my life? Okay? The question we should be asking is, God, who am I? What do I really look like? And as soon as we discover that, then we know what we're to do, okay? Let me put it to this. So we talked last week, and we, and, and we know that design equals purpose. When you look at a saw, because it's a saw, you know that it's made to cut, <laughs> you know? It's a trick question, okay? You know it's made to cut. If I pick up that saw and I start whacking nails with it, it's, it's not going to be pretty, all right? Why? Because the very way the saw is designed gives it its purpose. Okay? The same with the hammer, okay? The hammer, by the very way it's designed, it's meant to hit things. Hopefully nails, all right? It's meant its design equals its purpose. And the same is true for you and I. And I believe that sometimes we get frustrated with life because we're not allowing our design to put us into our purpose. Instead, we're trying our pur this purpose over here, hoping that our design fits in with it. Are you with me tonight? And so we have to understand who we are. And last week we talked about how we are chosen and what that means. Well, in 1 Peter 2.9, there's three other things mentioned. Uh, it's, it says you're a, a holy individual or a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And then it says a people. And as I mentioned before, in the King James, it says a peculiar people. How many of you guys ever heard that word before, peculiar, you know? You use it in a sentence, like, man, that's a peculiar person. <laughs> now, we all know what you mean and I mean by that, but when someone calls me peculiar, are you with me tonight? I kind of want to know what they mean by that, all right? Especially if God's the one calling me peculiar, all right? Because I know what I mean when I'm saying someone's peculiar. Like, I'm usually like, that person's a little bit different, all right? Okay? Is God calling me different? Well, yeah, he actually is, Okay? What does the word peculiar mean? It means characteristics of only one person or one thing. Different from the usual or the normal. Okay? That is the word peculiar. Characteristics of only that, that person. Different from the usual or the normal. Okay? Now, in this specific verse, it actually is talking about you are God's own possession. You're different from everything else. You're God's possession. You're peculiar. Okay? And because you're God's possession, 
then you have a purpose in Him. Another word we could use there is unique. Okay? What is the word unique? The word unique is existing as the only one or sole example. Okay? In other words, when the Bible calls you peculiar, this is what God is saying. There is only one you. Okay? God created you in such a way that there is only things you will be able to do. That there is a people that you're around that only you'll be able to touch in a certain way. But if you never understand who you are, listen to me, you're not the only one missing out. If you never understand who you are, if you don't understand that you're unique, you think to yourself, well, it's somebody else will, will, will take care of it. Okay? Will God get the job done? Absolutely. But it won't get done the same way because there's only one you. You're unique. Listen, I believe this with all my heart. The fact that we are so different is what makes life so awesome and challenging at times. <laughs> but it's what makes, that's what makes church so awesome is the fact that we're all unique from each other. You know, I, this is what I don't understand. When somebody goes to a church and then they're like, I don't know if I'm going to go to church there. Why not? Well, just because they're, I don't know, they're not the same as me. Then go to church there. They need you. Can I just be honest with you tonight? I, I don't know about you, but I don't want Urban, you know, five years from now to just have all the same type of people. Because we're, we're not going to go very far. I want Urban to just be this, this diverse place, man, where there is just square pegs and round pegs and triangle pegs, you know what I'm saying? And not that we're all going to try to fit you into like an oval peg, you know, peg hole, okay? We'll provide square peg holes and round peg holes, okay? Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? Man, the uniqueness of who we are is what makes this thing so awesome. I, I took my daughters to Soak City. Anybody ever been to Soak City? It's a great time to go right now because it's hot. And uh, it's hot. We were there for eight hours, probably a little bit too long, but at least for me. But we had a good time. And you know what made Soak City so much fun? Is not that all the water slides were exactly the same. Could you imagine? Oh, how many water slides they have? Like 80. Really? Yeah. Are they all? No, they're all the same, though. It's identical. Can you imagine having 80 water slides identical? They wouldn't make any money, all right? Plus, it'd be really boring. You go down it. Let's try this one. I could have sworn I just went down that one, you know? What made the place so cool is that each slide was unique from the, the other one. Some of them were covered, some of them did, you know, twist this way and that way. Some of them were fast, some of you went on tubes. The thing was really, really fun, all right? So if you haven't been, go, all right? But what made it so cool is that each slide was unique. And I believe what makes the body of Christ, and we're going to talk about this tonight, so awesome is that we're all unique, all right? Okay? What happens is this, though, is Romans chapter 12, is that the, the, the enemy comes and tries to just force us into a mold, Okay? Y'all ever made cookies at Christmas time? If not, do it this year, okay? It's a fun family project. And you roll out the dough and you have those little cookie cutter things and you just, you know, and it's usually a tree and like, a, like a, maybe a gingerbread man and a Santa and, and maybe a reindeer and I don't know, some other ones, okay? Rudolph and what's the, snow, I, Frosty. I don't know why I always forget Frosty, the poor guy, because he melted probably, okay? Frosty, you know, and so you, you know, you make all of those, but you know, you only have so many little molds to go with, all right? And that's cool and all, but you know what? The enemy wants to do that to you. 
He wants to make you look like everybody else, doing the same thing, not fulfilling their destiny, not fulfilling their dream, not walking in the purpose of God. Are you with me tonight? Okay? But we have to understand something, man. Acts 17 says it's in Jesus Christ that I live, move, and have my being. Are you with me? Not in the world, not in the mold of the world, but in Him and Him alone. And so we discover the uniqueness of who we are in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. Another verse you can write down and look at later if you want. We talked about it last week, Matthew 16, 13 through 20. And you can just jot that down and look at that another time. But I want to look tonight at unique. Unique. Psalm 139. Let me read it to you again. It says this. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together. Listen to the words that are used in this translation. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Okay, I don't know too many people that knit, but my mom knits. And I love watching her knit because it's fascinating to me. I don't know how she just takes that little thing and just, you know. Has anybody ever seen that before? Okay, maybe just watch the knitting channel. But you, she sits there and she, she knits and, you know, and she can make different patterns with the same tool, the same yarn, and she just makes the thing. And it's like, at the end, it's like, wow, that is really cool. It's awesome. Okay, now think about this, all right? Listen to, listen to the words. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. What does that tell me? That tells me that God took time with you. Because knitting isn't just like, I'm done. There's like, you know, four turns for each knot. Are you with me? Okay. God took time when he knitted you. He, 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 he was intentional about you. Okay. This is God creating you and I. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written Every one of the days that I would live. Wow. Okay, now you have, to, you have to look at this passage, though, in context. Okay? You have to understand what's, what's taking place here. When the Bible uses the words knit together, okay, it's not like God has this, like, this, like, factory up in heaven. Okay? God's not into child labor, Okay? He doesn't have a room with a bunch of children sitting at sewing machines making people. Okay? Just follow with me tonight. It says God himself knitted you together. And not only that, if you read on, it says, man, while I was being formed in the depths of the earth, God, you saw me the whole entire time. Okay? Now, when my mom knits something, okay, doesn't matter if she follows a pattern or not, man, I've seen her knit something and not one of those turns out the same. You could use the same color, but man, it's, it's unique to itself. I'll tell you something, you are unique to yourself. Let me read you this passage and we'll jump right back into Psalm 139. Turn your Bible to, to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Why is it so important that we talk about this and understand this? It's so important because if we don't understand who we are, not only will we not fulfill the purpose that God has for us, but if, if you could understand this, think about it this way. How many of you guys ever put puzzles together before? <coughs> a few of you, okay? I'm not a big puzzle fan. Uh, I love watching people do it. I love, I went over to Brandon and Mel's house tonight, night, and they have a, a puzzle, and every time I go over there, is it finished yet? Is it still sitting on your table? You finished it? Okay. Wow, you guys are quick, man. It's like a million-piece puzzle, and 
I mean, I'd go over occasionally, and I'd see it kind of grow and, and whatnot, and I love that. That's cool. I, I'm just not patient enough. Matter of fact, I was picking up puzzles at the kids' class the other day, and it's like an eight-piece puzzle, okay? <laughs> and I was struggling with an eight-piece puzzle, and the pieces are this big. And I'm sitting here like, okay. And I got nervous because someone was like, yeah, good luck with the puzzle. And they made me nervous. And I was like, oh, no, you know. And then all of a sudden I realized that the, the pl- place where you put the puzzle actually has the outline of the shape. So it makes it pretty easy. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, watch this, you know. But I'm not, you know. But what's so cool about puzzles is not one piece is the same. But yet it fits next to another piece. But the piece is totally unique from the other one. And, and here's the thing, I don't know about you, but a puzzle would be really boring if it's a hundred-piece puzzle and all the, the, the pieces were the same. You used to have a hundred of the same piece. This is, this is a really tall puzzle with no dimension to it. Are you with me? Okay? Just, oh, that's really... But what makes a puzzle so cool is you look at that picture on the box and there's the portrait of what it's supposed to look like. And you look at that portrait, and now each piece that comes together and fits together begins to build this master picture. See, God has a master plan. And that master plan does include you. And if you don't fulfill your part, if you're not that piece of the puzzle that He created you to be, listen to me, you're not just not fulfilling, you're not fulfilling the master plan of God. See, we need to look at the master plan and realize where we fit in. And when we do our part, we become what God created us to be. Man, then God's plan is fulfilled. That's why I hope your dreams are different than my dreams. I hope your ambitions are different than my ambitions. See, too many people look for a church where, where, where my dream is the same as the pastor's dream. No, no. Have a different dream than me. And then let's dream together and see how our dreams fit together and watch this beautiful picture unfold in front of us. Are you with me tonight? Look at 1 Corinthians 12. You guys are quiet tonight. I know it's hot. But I'm the only one sweating. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 says this, For the body does not consist of one member, or we put it this way, of one puzzle piece, but of many. Anybody got that? Many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he, as he, chose you're chosen he chooses it's his plan and you know and here's the thing just because i say no i don't want to be a part of the body you're still a part of the body whether you choose to fit into that puzzle you'll sit off there all by yourself on the table while everybody over here is having fun (laughs) having a puzzle party okay and you're over here one of these kids is doing his own anyway Okay? I think I was Sesame Street. I don't know. It's been a long time. Think about what the Bible's telling. The Bible is saying, you're unique. You're peculiar. You're a weirdo. <laughs> you're unusual. But it's okay because you fit into the master plan. 
you fit in to the purpose of God. Don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to be something you're not. It's okay to have role models in your life, but if your role model does not point you to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, get a new role model. That was really good, thank you. Appreciate that. Psalm 139. Let's look at this. Let me break this down in context, then we're done. You've got to understand what's happening in Psalm 139. David is writing this, and he's writing it about himself. Now think about that as we look at this again. Okay? Verse 13, David's writing about himself. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And it's almost as if he's penning this. He looks up into the mirror. And he looks up and he's like, Wow! I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is what's taking place. Are you, are you catching this? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, Wonderful are your works. And that my soul knows very well. He's talking about himself. He's getting excited now. Now, I don't know about you, but when's the last time you looked in the mirror and you're like, wow, God, you did good! <laughs> that! Beaches that way. Nope. I know, I need to hit the gym. I should have got a stunt me, you know what I mean? He's looking at himself and he's like, wow, I'm a good-looking man. I'm just putting in context here. He's just like, Justin Timberlake didn't write that song. I did. I'm sexy and I'm bringing it back. You'll get it later. All right. I know Justin. You just don't want to let on that Justin's your favorite, huh? Oh, they're going to find out. Just kidding. David is writing about himself. It's like, man, God, you did really good on me. I'm pretty impressed, God. That's, that's, amazing, that's amazing work you did. Listen to this, right? Listen to the words David used. How, how do I know that I'm unique? How do I know that I'm different? Listen to what it says. He says these two words. Number one, how I know I'm unique. Number one, I'm fearfully made. Fearfully made. Now, I've heard people joke around, fearfully made, wonderfully made. The fearfully made are the ugly people. The wonderfully made are the beautiful people, okay? But we all know that God doesn't make. Okay. Listen to what the word fearfully actually means. The word fearfully actually means this. It means to be held in awe. It's the same exact word that is used when we hold God in fear or we hold him in Ah, like, ah, wow. God is wow. Wow. It just means wow, okay? Just if you're taking notes. Fearfully means wow, okay? Wow. It's the same word used for you and I. This is the word that God allowed David to use when he was writing about himself. David, when you write about this, people are going to read it for, for, for generations to come, and they're going to look at that, and they're going to understand that when I made them, I looked at them, and I said, wow, that's really good. And he said it not just over one, but he said it over all, because each time, man, he created a, a life, man, it was unique from the last one, so he, wow, that's really, really impressive. 
I said, that's the word. I know I'm unique because I'm, I'm fearfully made to be held in awe or revered or wow. I've never done that before. I know I'm unique because number two, the word wonderfully is used. Wonderfully made. What does it mean to be wonderfully? What does the word wonderfully mean? It means to be set apart, distinct, marked out, or separate. I'm not just fearfully made. Wow, I did. I'm separate from everyone else. Completely different. And where the world, Romans 12, 2, is trying to push you into a mold, look like this, be like this, act like this, become this, God created you. Remember the cookie cutter, the Christmas tree? But then after he created you, he took that mold and he wadded it up and he threw it away. And then he created a whole new mold and made a whole new tree. That's what it means. It means to be distinct, marked out, separate, not looking like anybody else. After he made you, he broke the mold and started all over and made the next one. And then he did it again and made the next one. I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully made, I'm peculiar, I'm unique, I'm this piece of the puzzle. I'm not that piece of the puzzle. I'm I'm this piece of the puzzle and I'm happy to be this piece and this is where I fit. This is who I am. Therefore now I can fulfill the destiny and the purpose that God has for my life. Are you with me tonight? Too many people buy into this whole, this whole idea that we were just a carbon copy or a photocopy. That God just maybe created one man, one woman, and then made a massive human-sized copier. You ever seen those water massagers you can lay in? And they hit you with the water? Every time I think of a human-sized photocopy, that's what I think of. Anyway. And God just slapped down two humans. Put the little lid down. You know, seven billion people start. And out they came two by two. One man, one woman. Destined to be together forever. Anyway. And this photocopy just, you know, come out. Seven billion. Oh, well, we're a couple hundred thousand in. God got tired of sitting around the coffee machine and he left to have a cup of coffee. Everybody knows that God loves coffee. And as he was gone, he was gone a little bit too long and the toner started to wear, run out. He forgot that the coffee... He comes running back and the toner, toner's run out and that's why you have black people, brown people, white people, transparent people. <laughs> yeah, albino people. See, God wanted everybody to be have some color. Are you with me? But then the toner ran out. Now, that's not the way it happened. God was intentional. God took time. You're unique. And the uniqueness of who you are, your design equals your purpose. The very makeup of who you are equals what God wants you to do. Man, I'm telling you, if we all just, just, just come to him, stop worrying, man, God, what's your will for my life? And stop searching and just say, God, who am I? And God answers. He says, you're this puzzle piece. Okay, now I know where I belong. Now I know my purpose. 
God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is so awesome. God, your word's amazing. God, I thank you that, Lord, your word, God, not only gives us everything we need for godliness, but, Lord, I thank you that your word gives us everything we need for life. For, Lord, your word even declares you've given us all things we need for life and godliness. God, you're so good. Lord, I pray that tonight as we leave this place, God, we would leave, Lord God, understanding you more and therefore understanding who we are more. God, we understand that you're a loving God who cares about us, but God, we also understand that tonight, God, you were, you were so intrigued by us that you took time. And that's why we are peculiar. That's why we're unique. Hallelujah. 